you know, you think of any, uh, it's that distinctive voice that's just unmistakable. And, uh, you know, most of us, we just speak English. We say, me, Charlie Steiner, Rick Monday, we say, here's the one, one pitch, a curveball, outside, ball two, right? We just, you know, we just, but Vinny's much more elegant than that, right? Vinny's like, the one, one pitch on the way, curve, low, ball two. And, uh, you know, I, I'll never forget when he paid me this, uh, this great uh, compliment uh, at a big banquet one night. He, he said, now, John Miller over here is the best baseball broadcaster in America in his price range. <laughs> wow. Thanks, Ben. Good morning and welcome to episode 152 of Effectively Wild, the daily podcast from BaseballProspectus.com. I'm Sam Miller with Ben Lindbergh. Later in the show, Pete Barrett will talk to Alex Pavlovich, or perhaps Pavlovich, of the San Jose Mercury News and Bay Area, Bay Area Sports Group. Uh, we are currently uh, joined by Ian Miller and Josh Shepherdson, who in my Skype is wearing a tuxedo, and I'm going to assume is wearing a tuxedo. Yes, with a little a flower pinned to his lapel. I am always well dressed. A tuxedo is a uh, you know normal house attire around these parts. So upper podcast attire. It's after five p.m. What are you, a farmer? Uh, <laughs> all right, Ian, you just got back from um, spring training where you saw the Giants, right? I did actually. Yeah. Do you have any uh, particular insights or any particular new favorite players uh, of guys who we might not know all that much about? Favorite players, uh, anybody who knows me knows I'm a sucker for uh, an Asian ball player. So Kensuke Tanaka is somebody that I have my eye on. Um, usually the Jap- well, Japanese middle infielder. Uh, saw him play some second base. You know those guys are supposed to be slick fielders. Uh, he did not look so good in the times that I saw him. Um, but, you know, that could just be nerves. It was early in camp, and everybody was looking a little shaky. Uh, we were there for actually the very first uh friendlies so very very beginning of spring training um so i'd expect knock it tanaka to get it together a little bit um seems unlikely that he'll break camp with the big team but he has expressed a desire to stay in the states and uh go to fresno accept an assignment there um for at least part of the season so hoping we're going to get a chance to see him uh, Ahiri Adrianza, always somebody I like to watch in the field, another slick fielding middle infielder. Um, I can tell you some guys I'm low on. Uh, Angel Villalona is actually in camp after all of his legal troubles. He looked ghastly. Uh, <laughs> in what, in just, what sense? Well, just big and lumbering and slow. And, um, I got to see him a bit in advanced a, a couple years ago. And he looks like he's actually regressed from where he was then. The bat is slow. The feet are slow. The body is big and bad. Um, for a moment, for a moment, I thought that you were describing him as gassy. <laughs> <laughs> he may have been gassy. I was not close enough to get a good read on that, though. Uh, um, Francisco Paguero, um, never been high on that guy, but he didn't uh, look very good. And uh, just as a parting shot um i think i'm back on the gary brown bandwagon after seeing him a bunch uh the the bat looks good he still looks great uh patrolling the outfield and uh, i still feel like he can be a major leaguer if not you know if not a superstar he can still contribute at the big league level 
All right. So on to the big league club. Um, this is a team that has won two World Series championships in the last three years, and almost all of their good players are um, still pre-free agency, and a lot of them are going to be around for a few more years. Um, do you guys, either of you, think that this is a team that history will remember as any sort of a dynasty, or was it just one of those postseason flukes? I'll uh, start. I, I I don't know about a dynasty, but I do think that this is a team that uh, definitely will make a run at the postseason again this year. Um, I think, as you pointed out, they have a strong young nucleus, and they have won uh, world championships in two of the last three years. Um, I... I I don't know. In my mind, when I think of a dynasty, I almost think you have to get either that third championship or, or make an appearance in the World Series. Um, that's setting the bar high. I'm not saying that they can't get to that point, but um, to project that would be um, pretty ambitious. Um, what's your take, Ian? I, I don't disagree at all. I feel like uh, the two championships, I, I hesitate to call them fluky, um, because if you win two times in three years, uh, it's hard to call that a fluke, but each performance, um, in each year was a little bit fluky. I guess you'd say, you know, once you, once you get in, anything can happen. Uh, so I, I, yeah, I, I think, I think Josh is right. If they were to somehow go deep into the postseason this year, then, um, we might start, uh, fairly calling it a death, a dynasty, but I don't know. I wrote a piece last week, um, kind of looking at, at the, 2010 and the 2012 teams and one of the things that's interesting about them is that there's a lot of differences one was really an offense first team one was pitching first uh uh you know age wise they were different uh personnel wise they turned over a lot the style of play was a little different i just wonder do you guys either of you see a common thread through those two teams um that really links them together uh matt Cain, um <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that workhorse ace definitely definitely helps. Um, Bochy did a good job of mixing and matching that the bullpens both years. Um, beyond that, I mean, you, you pretty much hit the nail on the head in the fact that uh, the offenses were, were built differently. Um, I mean, it, Tim Lincecum was night and day, I mean, if you're comparing the two seasons. Um, but, yeah, I mean, some of the core pieces were obviously the same – Beyond Kane, Bumgarner was was very good down the stretch run. Uh, he obviously played a bigger role this year, um, but but yeah, I mean they were fairly different teams. Yeah, I guess uh, yeah, Josh kind of nailed it. Um, the only other thing that I could add maybe is that the role players that that Sabian and crew sort of plugged in all just seemed to to hit, you know, not, not, not to hit with, uh, the bat necessarily, but to hit like, uh, one dozen, uh, playing poker. I mean, you know, you, you, stick Cody Ross in there and all of a sudden he becomes Babe Ruth and you, you just, um, yeah, the, the role players just came through consistently and sort of freakishly and luckily and flukily. <laughs> Even Jose Guillen kind of came through in a way. By getting, uh, well, he got popped for drugs just before they were going to put him on the postseason <laughs> roster. That's kind of nice. <laughs> so, yeah. So, this offseason was sort of, it seemed like, all about ensuring that the 2013 team would not be different from the 2012 team. I mean, it seems like the, the main, I mean, the biggest import, I guess, is is Andres Torres, who was a 2010 giant. Other than that, it's, it's, small parts and then 
major parts from last year's team re-signing. Do you mm-hmm. think that there is is there an extent to which you can go overboard in trying to bring back a a successful team and trying to keep the the band together and 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 bring everyone back to a fault? And do you think that they perhaps did that? Did they overpay for some guys? Did they kind of go too far to keep people together or was that a smart strategy? I don't know that you can say that they overspent to, to on guys. I mean, they neglected to uh, tender an offer to Brian Wilson, which I think ultimately uh, is smart. Um, I think the Pagan signing was, was eminently reasonable in uh, in light of the the deals that have come down since the the Michael Bournes and things, so uh, I don't know. If anything, I think they um, may have been too conservative and not going out and getting a star player. But then again, if you've uh, posted the kind of results that that Sabian and his front office have done the past three years, uh, you get the benefit of the doubt from me. I uh, I. I tend to lean towards liking the off-season moves. Um, I don't love the length of the Scooter O'Deal. Um, I do like the Pagan deal a lot. Um, as Ian uh, mentioned, the deals after it kind of uh, make it look look better. Uh, but not only that, the Giants opted to keep their own player as opposed to forfeiting a draft pick by signing uh, an Upton or a Bourne or uh, trading prospects to acquire a guy like Denard Spahn or... Um, Ben Revere. So in that sense, I, I like the fact that they uh, retained Pagan. I think he's a good fit. Um, I, I don't love the Scooter resigning, but only because of the years. I mean, I, I think his high contact approach uh, will fit him well at the top of the Giants order again this year. I mean, he's not going to play up to his uh, sizzling finish for an entire season, but um, he fills a need. Um, and I think if they get some bounce back from Tim Lincecum, which I do expect at least some. I, I don't expect him to be nearly as terrible as he was last year. Um, mm-hmm. I don't expect him to get back to Cy Young levels, but um, some bounce back there. Uh, I, I think this is a team that's built to go on a postseason run again. I was going to ask about Lincecum. Josh, could you just expand? What do you what do you think was behind his problems last year, um, and where do you see the bounce back coming? Well. Uh, my armchair analysis is, is certainly not uh, a scouting quality, but I, I watched a, a ton of his starts last year. And when he missed, I mean, he was hitting the fat part of the plate um, and he just didn't have that kind of room for error. Um, the, 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 the loss of velocity has been pretty well noted. And uh, you, you just can't miss in the zone if, if you're, you know, just getting a tick above 90. Big league hitters are going to punish that. Uh, he did miss bats, though, last year. His changeup looks good. He gets. He still gets his swinging strikes. I think that uh, I just have some faith, I guess, in him ironing out uh, his his control issues, which I guess would be more command issues because he's missing in the zone. But uh, he, he he the the strong postseason helps. But I mean, it's it was out of the bullpen. It's it's not maybe the best way to look forward to how he's going to perform this year. But uh, even if you look at his splits last year, he salvaged the regular season to some extent uh, in the second half. It wasn't vintage Tim Lincecum uh, baseball, but it wasn't as putrid as he was to start the year. 
So he's the he and Zito are both going to be in the rotation because uh, part of the Giants not doing anything this offseason includes not really adding anything to their pitching depth. Um, do you guys have any sense of who the sixth and seventh guys will be uh, in that rotation if either Linscom or Zito can't hold a spot down or if someone gets hurt? I would imagine that uh, Chris Heston and probably Yusmero Petit are your um, top options for uh, spot starts, but uh, – I, I I don't have a firm feel on that, uh, but they would be my top two guesses at this point. Yeah, there's I I totally agree. There's also uh, I guess Sir Camp would be in the mix. He's still dealing with uh, I think it was a left shoulder injury, uh, but he was the he was the guy last year who got some spot starts and looked horrible. Let's be fair. Uh, but yeah, I think uh, Petit and Heston are are probably your guys. They got a hundred and let's see, uh, sixty starts out of their top five last year, um, and I think at least I think the the petite start was one of the two, and I think that was a doubleheader. So that I don't even think that was an injury. Um, does it surprise you guys that they would kind of roll the dice on that continuing? I mean, to it's it seems like the the drop off. I mean. <laughs> Granted, the drop off is really from like three to four, or maybe four to five, but the drop off to the to the to their depth is really like it seems to me potentially kind of like season endingly bad. Mm. Uh, I I mean if if, if you don't want to see them go to the sixth and seventh options, but I guess it depends on who they're replacing. I mean if you're losing starts from Matt Kane, that's that's disastrous. If you're losing starts from Madison Bumgarner. Uh, that's disastrous. But if um, they're spot starting for Barry Zito, maybe not so much. Um, maybe they shorten the game and go to the bullpen a little bit more. Um, the other name that I, I, we didn't bring up, uh, mostly because I think he's just going to work in long relief and uh, maybe as a righty specialist, is uh, Chad Godin, who's who's in camp this year. Um, I would not like to see him stretched out and making spot starts, but, I mean, he does have uh, – starts in his past so i guess it's an outside shot but i I just i don't see that happening but yeah i mean if it's a serious injury to the top of the rotation that would be disastrous but again if it's if it's zito missing a few starts here and there i'm not so sure it's season crippling i guess yeah i don't don't necessarily want to see godan in that role either um i saw a couple of appearances in Arizona, and you know, you got to take that with a massive grain of salt um, because it's just a couple of isolated appearances at the beginning of spring training, but he looked really awful. C- command and velocity problems uh, abounded. So, I probably don't follow the Giants day in and day out like uh, some of the other people on this podcast do, but I, two of the stories that I hear about all the time uh, coming out of the Giants are. Brandon Belt's not playing enough, and mm-hmm. Pablo Sandoval's eating too much. And that has <laughs> seemingly persisted uh, even into this year. I'm wondering whether this will be the year whether when we finally stop wondering why Brandon Belt is not playing more and arguing about whether he should be playing more. Is this the year that he just does play more and proves that he deserves to? And is this the year that we can just sort of accept that Pablo Sandoval is going to eat, and it's okay, and he's going to hit anyway. I mean, is there a point at which the team just has to accept that, or it doesn't make sense for them to just keep kind of being on his case about it, because if they weren't, it might get out of control. 
It's a tough call. I mean, we're not in there. We don't know. We don't have, you know, any insight into what goes on day to day. But clearly those uh, stories are reaching the media and the the uh, the fan base. So uh, the organization still appears concerned. I, he's a fascinating, uh, amazing athlete, uh, amazing to watch. And you just hate to see him shorten his career uh, just because he can't keep his weight in check. I mean, he can still make uh, flashy plays at third, and he just hits the bejesus out of the ball. It's fun to watch him hit. But I think he's going to end up as a DH if, if he can't you know, keep the weight under control. Uh, he's just not going to have the mobility to play in the field at all. So I, I don't know. I, I hope he gets it worked out, but I suspect that he won't kind of thing. I, uh, I think you pretty much uh, nailed it, Ben, when you said that uh, – the organization may just need to need to stay on him in the sense that if, if they don't, it's it's frightening what uh, Pablo could eat himself into. Um, but in terms of it affecting his performance, I mean, it seems like it was a bit of a cop out in his down season. Uh, he's just hit since. Uh, it really hasn't carried over to his performance at the plate, and he is a surprisingly solid fielder. Um, but as Ian speaks to. Uh, it could potentially hurt him in terms of uh, longevity. And uh, it would be good to see him uh, improve his physique and his conditioning. But uh, who am I to speak to that? I mean, I I, I don't know. <laughs> and Belk? Uh, what if... Uh... Let's entertain the possibility that Brandon Belt isn't as good a hitter as we all think he might be. Uh, what if he's not? Uh, what if he doesn't deserve the playing time that we've thought he merited all along? Mm -hmm. uh, I see some problems with his swing mechanics that he is either not able to address or is just refusing to address. Uh, meanwhile, Brett Pill is hitting the hell out of the ball this spring, and there could be a real position battle there. Well, uh, but uh, wait a minute. Come on, Ian. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it's not. It's this is not a, a completely hypothetical argument. Brandon Belt had a 124 OPS plus last year, and, and Brett Pill had a 76 OPS plus. So, I mean, mm -hmm. there's there is also like this sort of even if relative to expectations, one is disappointing and the other is like, like oh wow, that guy's a thing. Um, there's still quite a bit of difference between them, right? Uh, there was last year. That's not to say that there will be this year or next. Mm -hmm. uh, I. I... I was on the belt bandwagon for the longest time, and I was, uh, you know, screaming for him to get playing time, just like every other Giants fan was, and uh, ultimately was was left uh, disappointed. And, you know, I just think uh, he should be hitting for more power, and he's not, and that's a real concern. And I think the Giants may have to explore other options there. I just don't know. I'm uh, still firmly planted on the belt bandwagon. Uh, <laughs> I, I like I like his uh, command of the strike zone, um, but as you spoke to um, the the bat, just the swing is maybe that's something that he works on. But to this point, it's more of a line drive swing, uh, hit the ball to the gaps, and. I, I, it can play if he can continue to walk. Um, it's it's the type of first base profile where I think teams are always looking to upgrade from that and, and maybe get more out of the position. 
I think he's going to be aided by the fact that Posey should continue to see starts at first base when he's not behind the plate, and uh, they'll they'll get above-average production from the first base position when that's the case. And, uh, I mean, I know it's it's not a position that you typically associate with defense, but Belt has a very good glove over there. I think it helps prop up uh, his power deficiencies at the plate. But uh, I still think that there's something there. I mean, he when he gets a hold of one, I, I mean, he it's it's not like he's just barely clearing the fence. He, he can really put a charge into the ball. And uh, it, it really comes down to, is he going to make the changes to that swing to uh, tap into that power? Or is he just going to continue to kind of do what he's done? And uh, I don't know. Uh, I don't think we've seen enough plate appearances from him yet to, to – to definitively state whether he's going to uh, advance as a, as a power hitter or uh, if he's content just doing what he's doing. All right, guys, I want to hear your predictions. How many wins and where do they finish? Oh, gosh. Uh, Josh, you want to go first? Sure. Uh, Dakota <laughs> has the Giants winning 85. Uh, I think they exceed that. Uh, I think they're... Going to finish with 90, 91 wins. I'll say 90, 91. Um, and I uh, I hate to say this, but uh, I think they're looking at uh, finishing in one of the two wild cards. Um, I just, I look at that Dodgers rotation and it's so deep. Um, they're certainly not a team without flaws, but pitching can mask a lot of it. Uh, I think you'll see them maybe trade some of the arms that, that, don't make the rotation, even if it's just for some type of roster filler. Um, I just, I don't know. They're going to be a tough team. Um, barring barring a serious injury to Kemp uh, that'll cost him significant time, I just, I think that's going to be a tough team to topple this year. Don't disagree with any of that. Yeah, I think I see him finishing second in the West behind LA and yeah, 88-ish wins feels about right. All right. Well, uh, Josh and Ian, you guys are the best. Thank you for coming on. Up next, Pete Barrett will be talking to Alex Pavlovic of the San Jose Mercury News and Bay Area News Group. We'll be back tomorrow to talk about the Dodgers. It may still be winter, but baseball prospectus is ready to play ball. Pete Barrett is taking you around the league with 30 insiders who cover Major League Baseball. Step into the box. The squeeze is on. Today joining us on The Squeeze to talk about the Giants is Alex Pavlovic. He covers the San Francisco Giants for the Mercury News. Alex, thanks so much for joining us tonight. Yeah, no problem. There are some question marks about this world championship team, which is interesting. But one of them is Tim Lincecum, and it seems to be fascinating people on Twitter when I try to get a response. What happened last year? Um, you know, I, I think he'll tell you that he wasn't in the shape that he's been used to being in when he came into camp last year. He had put on a lot of weight the year before because he was trying not to wear down during the season, and then he kind of had to lose it all real fast. So I, I think it was tough for him. He kind of fluctuated back and forth with his weight, and, and you know, it, just, it was a rough start. And, and really after that, he just never found a way to be consistent. And, and I think there was times there were times during the season where, his confidence was an issue, and, and there were other issues, certainly. I think it just overall was just, you know, a little bit of everything, and you add it all up, and, and it was the worst season of his career. 
In your spring training notes today, you made a little joke. If you were sleeping, you missed this. Tim Lincecum had a blister and missed uh, his start today. Do, do you worry about this at all? And what do you think Tim Lincecum is is going to? How is he going to perform this year? Oh, I don't worry about the blister at all. It's something he's dealt with before, and you know it's something a lot of pitchers deal with. So they're constantly worrying about their fingers and their nails and and really things that that they use every day. I mean, we don't think about it, but the pressure you have to put on on your fingers for certain certain pitches it it definitely uh, has an effect on them sometimes. So I, I wouldn't worry about that. I I really do think, and, and maybe I'm pie in the sky right now just because I I see him in the clubhouse and and see how good he looks physically and and really see how how well he's handling all this mentally, but. But I do think he's poised for a big bounce-back season. I don't know if he's going to be that Cy Young winner again, but I think he's going to be much better than he was last year. Okay, so that's some, one, something we definitely want to keep an eye on, how he bounces back. What are some other questions or other things that you're looking at at camp for answers so far? Well, I, I really don't think there are a lot of question marks on this team. I, I think it's a matter of guys kind of performing the way they did last year. And, and in the past, you know, I... You can look at a guy like Marco Scudero and, and say, is he the guy who was in Colorado or is he the guy who was in San Francisco? And, and you can look at Angel Pagan and say, is he the guy who was in New York Met and the Chicago Cub and never really caught on? Or, or is he the guy that the Giants just gave $40 million to? So I think those are the ones that, that long-term you look at guys like that. And, and if you're a Giants fan, you hope that they are you know, what you saw last season. I, in terms of other issues, I mean, this team really is bringing back the entire starting lineup. They're bringing back the whole rotation. Um, they're bringing back probably six of, of seven bullpen pitchers. So it really is kind of a set roster. It's just about kind of working around the edges right now. Absolutely. And you mentioned the rotation. It's, it's in my opinion, one of the best in baseball. How would you rank it in the National League? Oh, I think it's right near the top. I mean, I mean, there are some other teams out there that, that really put together good rotations. I know the Dodgers at the top are, are as good as it gets. And, and I think the Diamondbacks have a really good rotation that people don't pay attention to. You know, the Nationals, obviously. Um, the Cardinals can be very good. I, I know there are a lot of good ones out there, but just in terms of the top three, I, I think Matt Cain, Madison Bumgarner, and, and Ryan Vogelsung, it, maybe not top three in terms of where they're going to be throwing, but but really what they did last year, those were their top three guys. And, and I think those three are, are as good as it gets if you're looking for for kind of a group of three. And then you're talking about Barry Zito, who was very good late in the postseason and, and is very dependable and, and makes every start and never gets hurt. Um, he, he has the ability to shut you out. He also has the ability to, to last two in the third inning. So you never quite know what you're going to get. But, but he had a good year last year. And then Tim Lincecum, I mean, he's kind of the wild card. And, and you're talking about a guy who was a two-time Cy Young Award winner. So, you know, the potential is there certainly for this to be the best rotation in baseball. We're talking Giants baseball with Alex Pavlovic, who covers the San Francisco Giants for the Mercury News and Barrier News Group. One guy we mentioned, we, we haven't mentioned yet in terms of his performance or what we're expecting from him, Hunter Pence didn't perform up to what maybe expectations um, that were set. Uh, what, what do you see for him in, in 2013? You know, it's tough to tell with Hunter because it, we haven't seen a whole lot of him around here. He was you know, never played in the division, and, and I think, you you know, a guy that the Giants liked for a while, but, but when he came over last year, it just never quite clicked for him, and, and I think it's always difficult for players in midseason, when, especially when you've been traded at the deadline twice in two years. It's a tough thing for guys to go through, and, and you know, I think he did put some extra pressure on himself last year, and the 219 average, certainly it's going to have to get a lot better, but the Giants are big on driving and runs, and, and I know from a sabermetric point of view, um, that's as well as gel, but, but the Giants are huge on, on runs and, and guys who can produce runs. And, 
and Pence last year did a pretty good job of, of driving in runs, and, and he'll be counted on that again because he's sitting behind Buster Posey. You mentioned before the rotation that the, 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 the Diamondbacks have is a little bit underrated, and I was just on the phone with Ken Gurnick, who covers the Dodgers, and he was saying that basically the NL West overall is looked at as an easy division, and that isn't necessarily the case. How do you view the strength of the NL West in comparison to the other divisions around baseball? You know, we've been hearing a lot of that, and, and Brian Sabian, the general manager here, he, he's been talking a lot about how he thinks it's the most underrated division in baseball, and, and really at some point he said he thinks it's one of the most underrated groups in sports. And and I don't know about that, but I think as far as baseball, yeah, it, it is very underrated. You know, everybody knows about the Dodgers. Um, they're all going to talk about the Dodgers, but the Diamondbacks, I think, are going to be very good, and, and a team that people are going to have to watch out for. I mean, that's, that's the team that won the division two years ago, and, and they've lost a little bit, but they, they've added a lot of pieces, and I think they're going to be good. And, you know, the, the Giants, I mean, they don't quite get the credit that, that a team that's won a title two out of three years is used to getting. We haven't had a whole lot of national reporters out here. There there aren't a lot of cameras. I, I think if you look at rankings and, and uh, you know, ESPN and Yahoo and things like that, I, I think people are still kind of ranking them in the 8 to 10 range for the most part in, in Major League Baseball. And this is a team that's won two of the last three years. And, and I, you know, the Padres, the Padres last year, excuse me, in, in the second half were – were very good, and, and that's a team that knows how to pitch, and they know how to play their ballpark, and, and they usually have a good bullpen, so, you know, it's another tough matchup, and then people kind of underestimate going to cores. It really puts a beating on the pitching staff, and, and it's pretty tough if you're a team like the Giants or the Dodgers or, or really anybody in this division to have to go to cores and play three games there and, and three long games and, and use your whole team and then, you know, go over and play the Diamondbacks or the Dodgers or play the Giants. I, I think it's a very tough division, and, and really I don't think it gets the credit it deserves. So what does this misconception stem from? Is this just East Coast bias? <laughs> yeah, probably a little bit. I, I think it is a little bit of that, and, and you know, I don't hate to bring that up, but, but certainly, I mean, it's definitely true. You had a lot of a lot of national reporters out in Florida to start the season, and and usually you would think that a lot of people would start with the defending champs, and, and I think they kind of go under the radar a little bit. And You know, I, I don't know what it is about California baseball. Maybe it's all the sun. Maybe it's um, the weather. Or maybe it's the fact that they play a bunch of 2-1 to one and 3-2 and to two games, and, and maybe that doesn't quite, you know, stir the masses. But, but I do think the division's much better than, than people think. Interesting. Um, a guy who, who homered in his last at-bat uh, before he goes to the World Baseball Classic, Pablo Sandoval, going to represent Venezuela. We've had a lot of discussion on the squeeze thus far about the WBC and whether it fits uh, in, in this time slot during the year or not. What are your feelings about the Classic overall, and do you think there's a good time to do it? I think this is the only time you could really do it. I, I know some people have talked about doing it after the season, but you know it's such a tough thing to ask pitchers. Um, to pitch a whole season and then and then come back after a three week break or a one month break, I, I think that's you know not really too realistic for a lot of guys. And, and this is probably the time to do it. And you know, I watched a little bit of it last night and, and watched the teams playing over there overseas, and, and it looked like they were really getting into it. And, and I, I think it's going to be a fun thing and, and just something that people have to give it time. I mean, there's only been two of them, and and really, you know, like most things in this country, I, I think it'll. It'll take a good run from the Americans to kind of get it going, and and they haven't quite had. I mean, we see it in our own clubhouse. Matt Cain turned down an offer, and and Buster Posey turned down an offer to play for him, and and I think they haven't really had that superpower team yet, and and 
they haven't had that team that will capture the imagination of the baseball fans across the country. But to me, that's what it's going to take, and, and I think ultimately it will be a good thing for baseball. It's interesting. We've had so many different takes. Joe Strauss from the St. Louis Post-Dispatch was like, it's going away, it's not coming back, uh, the World Baseball Classic. I'd be surprised if there were three more of them. Michael Bauman of MLB.com is loving it, and you seem to be enjoying it too. Um, I, I personally like it, and I'm going to actually catch a game down in Florida hopefully sometime. Um, Alex Pavlovic, thank you so much for joining us to talk Giants and enjoy covering the team in 2013. Yeah, no problem.